the desert is a dangerous place. It is hot, scorching hot in the daytime, and at night, bitter cold. The wind blows the stinging sand everywhere. People have to wear many layers of clothes to protect them from the sand and from the sun. The wind changes the shape of the sand so you could easily lose your way. There is no water in the desert. Without water, you could get very thirsty or you could even die. So you have to carry plenty of water with you. The desert is a dangerous place. No one goes into the desert unless they really have to. If we were in a godly play classroom, that might be how we would begin today's story. Some of you may know godly play, which is a wonderful way of sharing scripture stories with children. And surely the days aren't too long ahead when we'll be able to do it back here again. And one of the most popular materials in any godly play classroom is the desert box. This is a wooden tray, often on wheels to make it easier to move around the classroom, about two feet square and full of sand. And sometimes children call it the sandbox because they're used to sandboxes from school and the playground. But in godly play, we explain to children that this is not a sandbox like those other ones. This is a very special box, the desert box. And the reason we have a desert box is that so many of the important stories of the people of God have happened in the desert, that we just have to have a piece of it in our classroom. Many, many godly play stories are told using the desert box, and they always begin in this way. The desert is a dangerous place. So there's the story of Abraham being called by God to cross the desert to find a new place to live, the promised land. And there's the story of Moses and the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea and wandering through the desert for 40 years to learn how to become the people of God. There's a story of how those people of God are transported across the desert in chains of exile to Babylon and how they return back again when God ends the exile and sets them free. And so today on this first Sunday of Lent, we have another desert story. Just as the people of Israel went straight from the waters of the Red Sea into the desert of Sinai, Jesus goes straight up from the waters, still dripping with the waters of the Jordan, straight into the desert, to spend not 40 years, but 40 days, that same biblical number, being tempted and tested, learning just what it will mean for him to be the person of God, to be God's beloved son, in whom God is well pleased. The desert is a dangerous place. It certainly is for Jesus, who will be tempted and tested there. Mark doesn't give us the details of this tempting story as Matthew and Luke do. No one goes into the desert unless they have to. And it seems as if Jesus simply has to go out into the desert. Mark doesn't say why, but does tell us that it happens immediately. This word that happens over and over again in the Gospel of Mark, a gospel filled with urgency. And Mark says that it's the Holy Spirit that drives him out into the wilderness. So this same spirit that has just descended on Jesus like a dove in this beautiful scene of baptism 
is now almost violently forcing Jesus out on this dangerous journey just as soon as he's up out of the water. That might tell us something about just what it means to be baptized. Baptism is no joke. Baptism drives us out to go do hard things. Now today is the first Sunday of Lent, and the entire season of Lent is about baptism. Lent is a season of penitence, for sure, a season of preparation for Easter, even more so. But in its beginnings and in its deepest meaning, Lent is a season of preparation for baptism, for new Christians who were to be baptized at the great vigil of Easter, the central liturgy of the whole year. And these candidates would prepare for baptism by prayer and by fasting and by service and giving alms, and the rest of the church would join with them in those spiritual practices. And so the rest of their church would find their own baptism strengthened and renewed. So here we are as the community of the baptized at the Church of the Incarnation. One community even dispersed from being able to gather together physically. And just as with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is driving us from our own baptism to follow Jesus out into the desert. Part of that journey through the desert is Lent, this journey that we undertake this year just like every year. We have these 40 days as a time to pray more intentionally, a time to eat and drink more simply, a time to share what we have more abundantly with others. Those traditional spiritual practices of prayer and fasting and alms are the pillars of Lenten practice, and they are time-honored ways to prepare our hearts and minds and bodies for the great mystery of Holy Week, which will take our whole hearts and minds and bodies to walk through it, and for the great joy of Easter. But that journey through the desert isn't just about Lent. Part of it is very special this year. We have a desert journey that none of us have really faced in our lifetime, this ongoing journey through a pandemic. And it's a journey where we see glimmers of hope on the horizon for an ending. We're just over the horizon, and yet that ending is not yet. Like the first shoots poking up through the ground. Like the hints of Easter beckoning to us from our vantage point at the start of Lent. We see this pandemic shifting and changing, and we see signs of hope on the horizon, and yet our call is still to wait. This waiting is a Lenten waiting. And even after this Lent, even after Easter and Pentecost and sometime when we are gathered in person once more, there will still be plenty of desert journeys to make. I imagine us over the next few years as a congregation having deep discernment about what our mission looks like after this greatest disruption to our common life we've ever had. Our habits as a congregation have been completely disrupted and shifted. And so we will be discerning what goes back to normal? To what extent there even is a normal? And what will be new? What new ways to love God and serve our neighbors we might discover in this world that is so different from the one we knew just a year ago, just last Lent? Over the few months ahead, 
over the year or two ahead, there will surely be plenty of times when we as a congregation feel we're wandering through the desert. And we will be. Because that's what the people of God do. Because baptism calls us to do hard things. And because it is the Spirit of God that has driven us here and is sustaining us along the way. The desert is a dangerous place. It can be hard to find water. So you have to bring plenty of water with you. Friends, as we embark on the journey ahead, we need to carry our water with us. Like Jesus, we need to go into the desert fortified and dripping with the waters of our baptism. Remember that Jesus goes out on his desert journey only after he has heard the voice of God, assuring him once and for all who he is, as God's beloved, the one in whom God is well pleased. And so we too must carry that assurance that God's love, God's deep pleasure, God's delight in us, in you, are with us wherever we go. We'll carry the stories of who we have been as the Church of the Incarnation. We'll carry the memories of founders and leaders and members, past and present. We'll carry our customs and traditions along, celebrations and suppers and laughter. Not to let old practices harden into chains to keep us from having new adventures, but to carry them along as precious nourishment to draw on. And we'll need to carry a willingness also to be open to our neighbors and to discover the presence of Christ in new people, new traditions, new stories that are just waiting to be written into our story as God's people in this place. Most of all, this Lent and beyond will carry with us the truth that can sustain us through any desert, even through death itself. That truth that in Jesus, we are God's beloved, in whom God is well pleased.